Hello. Hello. Ready to go? Yeah, of course, sir. Right, sweet. Um, okay. Hello and welcome back to Bag of Tricks podcast. Um, welcome back. So obviously today is Monday, so we're going to cover all things sport. So to kick it off today, we're filming the day before this gets released and like last week's conversation where we kind of like dipped into Formula One, it's, it seems to be that Lewis Hamilton's claimed his seventh title yeah. in Formula One for in, in the Turkish Grand Prix in Istanbul. Yeah, he's claimed his, uh, this uh, amazing achievement in Formula One, uh, equaled Michael Schumacher's record. Yeah. And he's also currently beating him in race wins with 94 to his 92, which makes him the most successful ever driver in world Formula One. Which is just absolutely amazing to see, especially within, like, obviously Britain's quite well known for having really good drivers, but I think that just kind of sets a whole new like bar to reach for like young and aspiring Formula One drivers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Britain's always had good Formula One drivers. None of them have been, well, there's been a few. Jackie Stewart was one of the greatest ever, but you've never had a, a driver you could compare to Michael Schumacher or yeah. Senna. Or Coulthard, and you had these this pedestal that you could never reach, and especially in today's um, in today's world with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's going on in that regard, to be a young British, well, he's not so young anymore, but he's still young. Yeah, he's still young, but he's, (laughs) you know. He's got a couple more years in him, so he'll probably really, really smash that record. But to be a, a British driver who is black, most successful black uh, F1 driver ever, the most successful F1 driver ever, without the black being a part of it, it's amazing to see. And he's, he'll really inspire some young up-and-coming drivers in Britain. And it's it's not even in Britain, like across the world. Oh yeah, definitely. I think across the world, you'll you'll see this um, dominantly white um, run sport. It'll start to attract uh, young black men, and obviously you've got the women's Formula One as well. Young black females, yeah. and they'll want to join in, and uh, it'll encourage them to see that. Lewis is doing so well, and look at what he's achieved. And that's exactly what this sport, the sport needs, is a little bit of diversity. You've got the diversity yeah. of the country, but you, you need the, the diversity in cultures and in everything that's going on in the world, especially with the equality that they're pushing for in mm-hmm. America and in, in Britain and everywhere around the world. It's just great to see that um, with his presence... His presence, it'll push it on. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, from what I can see, it apparently absolutely dominated 
the race today. Ah, aha. But apparently it was a very close race because it was wet. Right, so, a little bit of backstory. We haven't raced at Turkey since 2012, 2013, one of the two. Can't remember what was the 2013, doesn't matter. But they got told three weeks ago, can you hold a Grand Prix so they could extend the season, basically, and make it like a bit more dramatic. And Turkey said, yeah, we'll do that. We'll uh, lay a new circuit and we'll see where we can go from there. And we ended up getting a track that was newly laid, undriven on, so brand new surface. So it was slippy. It was, there was no grip, there was no line, there was no anything to keep the cars stable. And on top of that, you slapped four or five inches of water. Obviously not yeah. not to not to that extent, but on some of the corners there was massive puddles, uh, especially yeah. turn one where we had lots of drama. First first uh first lap. Two spins within the first ten seconds of the race, um, yeah. but honestly, it made for a very interesting race. We seen mm-hmm. Lance Stroll start from pole. He's a, a young up and comer. Uh, his dad is a big financial has big financial input in uh, one of the teams, um, and Stroll put it on pole and fell away. Hamilton uh, didn't actually start very well. He struggled, started to get a bit more comfortable when the track started to dry out. Um, and he he done the weirdest strategy ever because everyone else pit from wets, wet tyres to intermediate tyres and then pit again to enters again so you could have the fresher tyres. Hamilton took enter tyres that are only meant to last 35 laps at most, 54, uh, 52 laps to win the race. He, um, he got told to come in and pit off his tyres uh, so he could continue the lead because he was... Um, he was he was behind uh, at one point and got told here pit so we can get you on newer tires so you can go faster and he said flat out no I can go to the end on these and he did and he smashed the race I think it was a hey finished thirty one minutes apparently that's what he's saying here he won by thirty one minutes it would have been seconds it won't be minutes. Well, Sky Sports is talking a lot of rubbish then. We need to give Sky Sports a slap on the wrist because he was, I think he was 31 seconds ahead of Perez in second. Mm-hmm. That'll be it. Um, which is, in Formula One s- standard stats, that's a third of a lap. That's almost a whole pit stop. And a bit, which is which is crazy, and that's some way to win your f- seventh world tra- uh, championship. Definitely, 
Um, so yeah, it's amazing to see that within Formula One, and hopefully Lewis continues to keep smashing records as long as he's going. Um, but moving on, we're kind of getting a break from European football and like domestic football, and it's been very dominant of internet international the past couple of weeks and if you watched the other night it's confirmed that Scotland's going into their first ever major competition since 1998 yeah and thank god did you uh, end up watching the match I assume you did I watched the second half oh god the first half, it was a bit hit or miss for Scotland. Back and forth. Never really got a grasp on it. I don't know. See, whenever I watch Scotland, I feel like they have so many great like individual players that could have amazing linkage. But they're always just kind of seem... It either seems to be they play flat like, or they just don't have any like intensity about them. It's just kind of like... I don't know, it's just as almost as if like there's something missing. I completely understand. Um one of my biggest problems, and I talked to one of my friends about this, uh, when we were picking our sides for the for the inevitable match, neither of us picked the right starting lineup. Now, I know why I didn't, because I wanted a team that um involved Scott McAtominay in the midfield and Keon Tierney wasn't actually playing for me because I think he's been a bit hit or miss recently, especially in the Premier League against Aston Villa. He was he was hopeless. So I thought, oh, they'll leave him out the side. But we've seen the big boss say, no, I think I'm going to start up with this lineup, And I think it's starting to cause problems with the Scottish team. Both uh, both McTominay and Kieran Tierney are both playing out of position. That's two of your best players. The only player that I would say is better than both of them is Andy Robertson. And those two are both playing out of position. Yeah. I think it then causes problems, as you said. They don't seem to link up properly. They don't seem to know where to go or what to do sometimes and it's a shame because that game could have been so much more comfortable than what it was mm-hmm. um, I'd love to know your opinion on the start lineup if you've got any mm, I thought the starting lineup was okay I'm, so, I'm kind of like on the same boat as you is with the whole he knows, like, not being funny, he's got some players there that play in, like, the hat, like, probably the best league in the world right now. Yep. They play weekend, they play weekend, week out for some of the best teams in the world. Like, fair enough, Andy Robertson's your captain and he plays for Liverpool. Like, he's going to get the position he plays best. Yeah, that's... that's totally understandable. Yeah. But then it's the fact he's got players that don't play in such a high league and don't have that experience of playing tough players and world-class players that he's putting them out of position fair enough in training he might see something that we don't see because also we're not going to see everything well, of course we're only going to see what happens on game day 
But yes. at the same time, yeah. it's like surely you should want your best players being the most comfortable. Yeah. And have almost that strong structure. So you know, at least if you have like, for example, you know that one player is comfortable in that position and is good at that position, you can kind of fall back on the person that's out of position because they'll be near someone that knows what they're doing. Yep, totally agree. Um I mean, obviously he wants to try and get as many of his good players in the in the game and in on the pitch, which is understandable. You want as many of your good players playing as possible, but yeah, Christie up front, yeah, he scored a great goal, but was it though? <laughs> like fair enough, it was a goal, but at the same time, it was. Kind of, I kind of watched the goal. I thought it was going out. Yeah, or it was going to hit the post, and it was someone's going to have to go in for a rebound. But from my perspective, it felt like the goal kind of. It was like if he didn't like kick it hard enough. I don't know. Like I don't get why people are playing Christie up front. I don't get it. Well, I don't know where it's came from. I like I I like Christie. Right, he's a good player. I don't like him on corners. I don't like him on free kicks. I don't like him um, as a striker because I feel like some like he doesn't understand. I, it almost feels like when I watch him, he doesn't understand positioning. It always feels like he's in the he's kind of in the way of everyone else. I I can agree when with he that. Has the, That's uh... when he has the ball in an important position. It's almost like. He makes the silly mistakes then, but when he's put in a position where it's to be really awkward and difficult, that's when he performs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's uh, so it's kind of like Chris, it's kind of like Christy. What, like, what goes through your head that you make silly mistakes, the most simple things, but when it's something that kind of you have to use your brain for, you're apt, like, you show you're talented. Yeah, I get what you mean, and you're not wrong, but. One of my biggest problems is I know I now know from watching tonight's match against Slovakia mm. why he plays up front with Dykes. Because Ollie McBurney is hopeless. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth. He is hopeless. He cannot shoot with any conviction, he's a, he's a mobile chicane almost. He just gets in the way. He's just a big lump of nothing that does nothing. And you've seen that tonight. And if you have to say... Well, so you need to remember as well, like, Scotland are also missing, like, James Forrest, and I don't know if he would have made the team, but Mikey Johnson as well, he's another striker. Do you know, to be fair, but like again, they're both like known for scoring goals and performing. So, see, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. I know you're missing out on players, but see the players you had on the bench that came on, right? So, against Slovakia tonight, best way of showing it is the players that came on. Lee Griffiths was the only one that looked good. And that's just the mm-hmm. truth of it. Honestly, Shankland, K- 
came on and I never seen him get the ball. Um, McBurney honestly done nothing. Honestly, I've I've already said he was a lumper, a lumper wood up front, and who was the other striker? Because that's that's how little this other striker performed that I can't even remember who it was. I couldn't even tell you. I'll... I didn't watch the game today, but from what I know from the game, um, only four of their players that played against um, thingy the other night actually played. Yes. And um, rest, rest their best players. Uh-huh. Well, to be fair, it was Stuart Armstrong. It wasn't Stuart Armstrong. It was uh, Ryan Christie that played up front. Now, mm-hmm. he ended up playing deeper because, honestly, Stuart Armstrong wasn't cutting it. And there was, did he have a bad game? He didn't have a bad game. He just didn't do much with it when he got the ball. Keon Tierney was the only reason that team ever went forward. Yeah, well, he got man of the match, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was, he was phenomenal. Honestly, phenomenal. And it's a shame because when he plays in position, you've seen what he done. He's just went and got man of the match. Like, he's good no. at, a, at left back. And he's performed. Of course he is. That's, that's his, it's his position. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He's outperforming players. Uh, how'd I put this? Yes, it's his position, but he doesn't play it as much as he used to. He plays left centre back for Arsenal and left centre back for uh, for Scotland. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he goes to left back again, he gets a man of the match performance. Yeah. That says it all. Like, I don't know whether you could play Robertson at left centre back or. Whatever, or actually play a centre back at left centre back, but oh god, why is Tierney your best player week in week out? Like that's your that's your left centre back. That's your that's a player that shouldn't carry you. That shouldn't make your mm-hmm. team untouchable. I know. It's just it'll be interesting to see. So obviously from their loss today, um, um, that was our first game they've lost in nine. Yeah, so they they were trying to go for the tenth unbeaten game since. Oh, don't quote me on this, but nineteen twenty nine. I think that was the the start. I'll. We can double check that, or someone can message us in the in the comments and let us know. But they didn't play bad, which is the worst part about it. They played, other than the few select players that we've already mentioned, they played well. So who knows? This Scotland team could go to this Euro competition and perform. If every if the players they select are all fully fit. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get Forrest back into the team, Mikey Johnson might be good enough by then to play co- uh, not constantly, but 
more regular. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? You might see Oliver Burke, who didn't actually play at all, but was selected. Yeah, so you, you might see Oliver Burke actually get a game. I and... don't get why he doesn't, because fair enough, he's been bounced around teams. But I sometimes feel like he gets overshadowed because the guy can play that striker role. Do you know what the funny part is? I talked about how Ollie McBurney is pants, right? That's the reason why Oliver Burke's not getting game time is Ollie McBurney and McGoldrick, uh, who's an uh, Irish, Irish player for Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. Why... Why is this youngster who's been performing not too bad from what... Um, he had a great season with Celtic. Yeah, he's been playing well enough to deserve caps and to d- deserve game time. Why is he sitting on the bench? Why is he not coming on? Is he not match fit? If he's not match fit, then don't select him for your team. Mm. If he's not good enough, don't select him for your team. But you have to, as a manager, keep everyone in the... I know it's weird to say keep everyone in the loop, but we're fans. We want to know why he's not getting into the side, especially when he has so much potential. Yeah. Like I think that's like one thing that like is massively missed in football. Is like That's why I think there's an issue with football is because fans are only given so much information. Yeah. It's and then obviously like you've got the media and media can like twist words or they tell like white lies. So well, you can only We all know how that's went with the election uh in America. You can twist things and you can Yeah, like it can be like f- fair enough, like everyone knows that FIFA can be corrupt and oh. every big organization is, but yeah. at the same time it's kind of like well what do, like what can, like what can we do? Because people have like arguments and fights over football, and fair enough, it's a very opinionated sport. Yes, and you've got a lot of people that are like at like big I ams. Like fair enough, see if you've made it and like you've got World Cups behind your belt, you've got Champions League, you've got Ballon d'Or, you've got the Golden Boot. Fair enough, you can have an opinion on whatever you say, but it's when you've got people coming in that have zero experience within the sport. Like, fair enough, we give our opinions on this podcast, but at the same time, we're not going to go out and onto Twitter and Facebook and have a massive argument with someone over something because that's, like, like you shouldn't do that. Like, everyone has their opinions to different things. Like, not everyone's going to agree with your opinion. That's why of have course, Of course, I've... Uh... I know, but it's, I know, I know it's the I issue have. when one person hears one information, someone hears something else from a different source, and yeah. neither of the stories are the same. Like, for instance, Sky Sports might say, "Oh, um, Scotland, uh, Stevie Clark's going to get sacked because he didn't like he's going to get sacked before you." Those and they're going to bring someone else in. Then another person could write Stevie Clark's. Um, going to be the next big massive Scottish manager, blah, blah, blah. He's yeah. the best thing to come in. Like, it's again, they're written by two different sport journalists who, again, it's their opinion, it's yeah. their title. 
So it's kind of like you're never, apart from like stats on an actual football match with like players in their profile, you're never actually going to get. Yeah, I know. I understand. Uh, I know I have, and me in the past has given opinions on some people will say, oh, this player's crap, and I'll basically be like, well, he's he's not. And I'll give my opinion. You can't say, you can't say anybody's crap. Yeah. See if they're making over 100k a week. Uh, the money doesn't matter. <laughs> we all know the Man U players make squillions and squillions. None of them have performed to the re- the 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 heights they should. In all fairness, they'll see if they're at that level. Yeah, and yeah, it's like you can't really. They've obviously got put the training in. They've committed their life to this sport. You can't really go and say, "Oh, well, they're crap." You're like, it's like no. They're just not playing well to the level they should be. You're not saying they're playing crap. Yeah, I think I yeah. To be fair, I do get into that situation where I say crap quite a lot, and I know for a fact loads of the people watching will be like, "Well, he's not," or whatever. But what I mean by crap is overall with someone who is as good as you're meant to be, who's on so much money, and not being able to put a shot on target or something like that. That's or being consistent. Or being consistent, exactly. That's when you go, well, what's going on there? Why why is that the thing? Why is that a thing? But I don't but know. Also you need to take loads of factors into account, like Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Players can have like so example you said Stuart Armstrong played crap today. A couple of weeks ago he was absolutely amazing for Southampton. Yeah. He might just be having a bad day or something's going on in the background or he was just nervous for today's game. Yeah, and all like, in all fairness, what the factors can take into place for footballers, like it's really like people don't realize it, but like football's a really like massive sport for like psychology because there's so many factors that come into place, like your ego for once, like you as an independent person. Yeah, you with them working in a team because if you're playing crap, you're probably gonna get stick from your teammates that are going to try and... you either get your teammates that will encourage you to try and play better, or you're going to get teammates that are just going to give you abuse. Yeah. So this... One of the best... One of the best people I can talk about when it comes to how the mental factor comes into... uh, into uh, the game. Jesse Lingard. Do you remember Jesse Lingard uh, a couple of years ago? When he just when when he went to the World Cup, how unstoppable he was to play against, how untouchable yeah. he was. He had this big thing with his family, how his his mum got unwell, he had to take care of his family, etc. And you've seen it since he's not played well. He hasn't yeah. got into that man new first team again. He's he's struggling. That's how mm. yeah. As you said, it's that's how mental factors can affect you as a player, as a person. Yeah. And it doesn't help again, like I say, like you're gonna get fans that are gonna go on social media and give them a like are gonna write make be really criticizing them, being like, Yeah, oh you played rubbish today and blah blah blah. Like I know from like experience because where we're from like a couple of footballers live here like I remember because one of my friends works in the restaurant a local restaurant one of these footballers came in to have dinner after a match day just with his family and um, partner and a fan came up to his table and started giving him a like 
almost harassing him while he was out for dinner. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's... Leave. Once the game's happened, it's happened. There's no point. Ref- like, if a player plays bad, the players don't play let them bad. Reflect, because that's going to make them play worse in the future. Because if they've if they take criticism badly, they're just going to, it's going to eat them alive. They won't do well with it. That's why nowadays you don't, like, you still have, like, the youngsters that are still, like, oh, they'll have, like, a brand deal on social media within, like, for, like, brands and stuff within football. But that's why you see now a lot of footballers don't use a lot of social media. They're very private. Yeah. And they won't tell. They won't. They won't show off and going out for a nice dinner with their family anymore. No. They'll just kind of. They'll do. They'll go out, have the dinner, and then maybe like once they're home, they'll post it on social media because they don't want fans coming up to them and giving them stick. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So overall, I think a lot of players in that Scotland team, if you can give them game time and give them the chance. They could be good enough, but yeah. One of the biggest issues is understanding, as a from a fan's point of view, why are these players not getting game time when they're meant to be some of the best players in the world at their at their age groups and etc. Biggest example within internationally or within both within nationally and in, and within the the club football. Especially when you when we're talking about uh, little Oliver Burke, look at how well he performed at at Celtic, as you said, and now he's not even getting a look in at Southampton. He's not getting a look in at um, uh, at Scotland. Why 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 is that happening? These players aren't bad in any way, shape, or form. So let us know why he's he's not performing. Why he's not up to yeah. scratch, and if so, why is he not up to scratch? And why did you pay that money if you didn't think he was good enough in the first place? Definitely. Well, it's going to be interesting to see, and hopefully, when it comes to I think the games for Euro twenty twenty start in is it June? Um, June July. I, think. I, know, yeah. I know. I know the England Scotland games June seventeenth or something like that. So that'll be really interesting yeah. to see what happens. What do you uh, what do you predict for the group stages? Assuming got, assuming that every we've got England, Czech Republic, and Croatia. 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 Uh, I think we're f- we could push for third, but Czech Republic's one of those teams where if you don't show up, they probably will win. I can't imagine us getting a great result against Croatia because. Croatia have some like probably one of the strongest midfields in the world. Yeah, Brozovic, Brozovic, Rakitic, and Modric. Like yeah, like you don't, you don't get much. Gonna, that would be that would be a really interesting game to see. Um, obviously England Scotland like England are totally like just a force to be reckoned with at the moment. So. It'll either it'll be an interest, it'll be a fun game to watch because it's always fun a Scotland v England yeah. game and anything. But at the same time, it's kind of like, can we really expect much? <laughs> no, you can you can never expect to get out of a group or anything like that because you never know the variables that will end up happening. But one of the few things I will say is, Scotland, if they want to show that they can be the best team, one of the best teams in the world. 
I know they'll never be like the best team in the world, right? They're miles away from that. But if they want to prove that they're good enough to come in every, they come to every tournament, they deserve to get spots and all that kind of stuff. You need to be beaten, Czech Republic, especially when they're playing Czech Republic. Oh no, they're playing Czech, Czech Republic's the team they're playing at Wembley, aren't they? Because they're playing England and Croatia at Hamden. And then it's like Wembley for... I'll, I can check just now. But... No, they're playing England at Wembley. Are they playing England at Wembley? Yeah. Because people are already... Yeah, yeah. Like hotels yeah good. Good. Even if COVID's still a thing. Yeah, so you've got, Scot- you've got Scotland, Czech Republic at Hamden. 14th of June. The England match is the 18th and Croatia is the 22nd. All in Hamden? All in uh, No, you've got Czech Republic and Croatia at Hamden. Okay. Which is the two teams you want at Hamden, almost. But the issue is, is will fans be able to There's go? talks of at least, like, having, like, little segments of fans. Not, like, masses, but, like... So yeah. basically, if you end up getting a ticket, you are very lucky. Yeah, because I remember me and my sister, we put ourselves in for the. Because remember how this summer, um, France and Belgium were meant to be playing in Scotland. Yeah. We put draws in, and we got offered like we put in offers for everything, just whatever we could get. We were going to try and find a way to pay it. We got like something stupid, like offers for the VIP tickets, which were the only ones left. It was five hundred pounds a ticket. Oh. Did you? And did you end up paying like, it? <laughs> no, well, no. We were both kind of like, "Man, that's a bit ridiculous. Like, we don't want to go to the games that bad." Yeah, anyway, fair enough. Five hundred pounds is like fair enough. Like, we like our football, but at the same time, we don't like it like, that much. We don't like it for five hundred pounds. <laughs> like, maybe fair enough if it was a season ticket, but see, for only like. One or two tickets. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, I can I could probably fly to France and watch France for cheaper. Yeah, but and get, like a wee trip out. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's. I don't know. You'll we'll find out how the 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 group turns out and find out yeah, it's gonna be what the team gets selected based on injuries and. Etc. But hopefully Scotland can beat Czech Republic and maybe pinch a draw against Croatia. Maybe pinch a draw against England. You never know. Just need to see on the day who who, t- more who turns up and what squads are there, etc. Yeah, so speaking of England, they went against Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland. Or no, you're right. Southern. The first time, Republic. Yeah, Republic of Ireland. Big Maguire got a goal. Oh yeah. It was a header, yeah. wasn't it? What else is he going to score with? He scored one goal that wasn't with his head. Actually, no, he scored two because he scored. No, cup matches don't count, right? <laughs> yeah, he only scores with his head unless it's in the cup. But I mean, it was a good goal. To be fair, um. Yeah, it was. I saw the highlights. It was really good. Um, so, yeah, so obviously they won that game. And they've got 
as we're recording this, they're currently just started their game against Belgium. Um, still nil nil after fifteen minutes, so that's promising. <laughs> promising yeah, it's the best way to put that. Um, supposedly Grealish was meant to make his first competitive England start. Um, I'm. Don't know if he's in the lineup. Or I'll not. actually pull it up right now. I assume he got his start because. Oh, no, Belgium are winning. Yeah, yeah Grealish got his start. Um, Mason Mount, Keon Trippier, Kyle Walker, Dyer, Mings. No Harry Maguire because he's injured. So that's great. But they've they've started a, a, a relatively strong side. They're missing a few, but overall, it's probably one of the best sides you're going to get. And you can't really complain yeah. when you've got some players that are on the bench that are good enough to start. Like you have, yeah. if your team is good enough where you can bench first team players from like clubs. But it's kind of good to see. Fair enough, it's England and and Scotland. Nobody likes to see England succeed. But at the same time, it's kind of like it's good to see a British team have such a large selection of good players. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. Like, fair enough, like, people are always like, oh, why do we not have a Great Britain team? And it's like, well, to be honest, if you think about it, the only difference would be you'd probably fit in Andy Robertson somewhere in Gareth. And maybe Scott McTominay, maybe Kieran Tierney, depending on who the manager yeah, was. so it would pretty much be, it would pretty much be England with maybe four, maybe five yeah. different players. If they're lucky. Yeah. Like, you know what? Like, you can see why there's not a Great Britain team because Ireland wouldn't, Northern Ireland wouldn't have anybody in it because there's no one I think that could well, against starting English players. Nobody's going to complain about Gareth Bale. Well, overall, if you, if you look at the Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland team, the starting striker's Kyle Lafferty. Do I need to say anything more? Uh, you They've got you the starting striker is Kyle Lafferty. Can you hear me? I know, but yeah, I can hear you. But at the same time, is he better than the strikers that England have? No, but that's what I'm saying. At what point is Kyle Lafferty ever going to get in a GB side? Like unless exactly. unless we do so. the Olympics, because I think the Olympics, the rules are something like you have to have an under twenty three squad apart from like four players or something like that. Mm-hmm. You still wouldn't yeah. get in because there's so many English players that you could pick from that are like over twenty three. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like you get where I'm coming from. Overall, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> The quality isn't there from Northern Ireland, sadly. Um, I would love to see Northern Ireland be a good team because it's not a country you can kind of hate from the UK. Like, Wales actually is another one. Scotland and England are the only ones you can really go, I hate them. Because if you're from Scotland, you have a wee wee hate towards uh, England. And if you're from England, you have a wee hate towards Scotland. That's just how it is. Just a bit of friendly yeah, just friend, hatred, you know, just, just friendly just, hatred. Um, 
Speaking on how you were saying earlier that Maguire was injured, so obviously Liverpool's now lost another oh. centre-back, Joe Gomez. Gomez? On Wednesday, he had a successful knee surgery. Uh-huh. Um, but he is going to be out for a couple no. of months. Meaning that Liverpool only have Matip as their only like solid first choice. And centre-back. not just Matip being the only first choice centre-back. Scotland have confirmed that Andy Robertson is injured. So that means they have... It's yeah, now. Andy Robertson da- damaged his Gosh. hamstring in the game against... Um, what do you call him? Who was the team we just played that we beat? Serbia? Yeah. Yeah, Serbia. He, da- he actually had damaged his hamstring. So currently... Liverpool only have one first choice centre back, which is or the like the old matchup. They've got Tomiskis, the boy they brought in from Olympiakos, the Greek left back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. he's still not proven. And James Milner is the backup right back, and he's. Getting on with his age. No, he's fair enough. He's oh, still no, super he's, fit. He's, and he un- he's still unbelievable. <laughs> does it? I think he's one of the few players that you can go. Well, age doesn't matter, does it? Nah, he'll defy odds. Kind of. He'll like be the next Gareth, but ba- probably not. He'll be the next Gareth Barry of England. Like Gareth Barry's just, I think, just about to retire at the age <laughs> of thirty-nine or something. Like that's yeah. Well. I know from Liverpool, Liverpool's putting a couple of requests from to FIFA. So the first one being they're asking for an emergency transfer. I can 100% get yeah. defenders. And I can see why. Like, I'm sorry, they have Trent out, Virgil out, now Andy Roberts, now Joe yeah. Gomez. They're missing someone else, I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, I think they might... They not got a goal. Uh, they're one? missing Allison, I think, or are they missing Adrian? So they're missing one of the two, I think. I'm not too sure, but I know I know one of the goalkeepers is injured, so it's kind of like Liverpool are just being. So Do you know the worst part is have... if you look at like how Liverpool have been uh, for injuries in the last couple of years, they've had like a couple of like oh I've been injured one game, if that one game. But yeah, and that'll be like one player, right? You never had Liverpool get injured. That's why they were doing so well because Van Dijk was never injured, Trent was never injured, etc. But now you're getting them all yeah. at once, well, and it's starting to kill them. No, it, it will. Um, as I was like researching it on Earth, and I actually found out something that like I know I never knew. So Liverpool, apart from obviously claiming for an emergency transfer, like a couple of emergency transfers, Liverpool are also claiming money for FIFA to cover the wages. So all international players are insured when on international duty through the FIFA's club protection scheme, which is um, used for when one players do international duty. They actually, if they get an injury during training and games, clubs can claim all right, I never knew that. So they can claim clubs can claim up to 130k a week 
until the player returns to so, training. However, 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 how long do you think they have to wait until they can claim it? In what way? So, like, they've been injured. How long do they have to have been injured from being injured and oh, then going back um, to training? How long between that time do you think they're not allowed to claim for it until sure, they're Surely it's it? like three weeks. Longer. Eight? Shorter. So you're close with three. It's the first month. So see if they're injured for like two weeks, the club have to continue paying the wages. But if it's if they're injured for longer than a month, so say for example, like Joe Gomez, like he's obviously had knee surgery, there's no chance he can yeah. be back in a month. So if they'll obviously claim that back. They'll obviously claim wages within the next four weeks. Yeah. Like in four weeks' time, they'll claim, like, because obviously they'll try and hopefully get or like bring people up. Yeah. To yeah. Everything. So, so basically, that's what I saw that and I kind of seen it. And I was like, that's something I actually never knew that clubs could do and you can do with FIFA, well, which is quite interesting. But also, the catch a wee bit with within the first month, you can claim it for like little. Well, you days. understand why because team, teams would abuse it. There'd be so many teams in England that would just abuse that system because they just basically say that someone's injured and they just claim the, mo- the money when they're not actually injured. Yeah. So it's basically like if you haven't used them for four weeks, then yeah, they're injured. That way you can kind of mm-hmm. protect your money from the FA, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. One thing I will say is... <sighs> It's good that that's a thing because I know, especially from Liverpool's standpoint and especially through the year we've had, losing the amount of money that they're about to lose from not getting to play players is going to be mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, yeah. Uh, about the emergency transfer... It'll probably go through. They'll probably get one or two. I think they'll get. They'll probably buy in a centre back and probably buy in a a right back and play James Milner as a centre back if they need to. So it's it's not too much of a problem, especially with how little Liverpool have actually spent in the transfer window. Like overall, they spent. Twenty million plus, like add-ons for Tomiscus, and however much they spent on Jota, but that's pen mm-hmm. uh, what pennies to them. But like, they can just basically say, "Oh, we want an emergency transfer. Look how little we've actually spent on players. Let's have it, and it shouldn't be a problem." But we'll see. We'll see uh, how that all pans out. But fun fact, I never. Fun fact to know that I never knew that because that is, that's one of those weird things that you get told and you don't quite believe. Yeah, until yeah. It actually, you it's see like it. um, I was watching the chase. Um, <laughs> love the chase. <laughs> uh, chase is the best. Everybody yeah, loves the, chase the chase. Is awesome. Um, <laughs> 
I know you'll probably know this. Well, you might. And it's one of the things they said, like, oh, not many people get told this. But do you know how many players you need to restart a game? Like, yes, if I am trying to start a match against someone and I have to field a certain amount of players, what is the minimum amount of players that have to be on the pitch? So say I get, like, players sent off and all like nine, yeah. Well, you're close enough, it's seven. You have to have seven players so you can have a maximum of yeah. what is that? Four, five people sent, four people, oh, I can't count, four people sent off before you can, um, like play the match again, which is, yeah, strange facts. But that's one of the things I'm trying to say. Like, you don't know that fact unless, like, you get told it. No, you wouldn't know that unless you kind of had, like, yeah, for example, like, you wouldn't, like, as you say, like, yeah, you, you wouldn't get know told that unless or you've seen it, happen, it yeah, exactly. Or mm-hmm. we're told about it. But that's another one you've just said, that um, you, can, you can claim players' wages, which is just mental. I would never have thought. Well, not exactly, because you can. They say the maximum clubs can claim is hundred. But that's still like, which still is a lot. hundred and thirty k a week can within for some teams can take a whole team, for some teams can take two players. Yeah, but not if you're thinking of. Ah, uh, yeah, Liverpool obviously players Liverpool players. Man, Man, unless I don't, I didn't like fully be searching into it, but unless if I look deeper into it. I was about to ask, is it per player, player or is it... Because if it's per player, that is mental. Mental numbers. Because 130k per player can... is basically some players' wages exactly or a bit over or a bit under or whatever and it can kind of balance it out and compensate. So I... I'd like to know whether that is the case, whether it's per player or not. But anyway, moving on. Did you get yes, my Yes, I did get your Snapchat. Um, so have you been have you been keeping up <laughs> with the um with the Masters? Is it the Masters? Yes, I I love golf. I've not like. Because I love, like, the Masters, I was remember just watching my dad and being so excited. So I've not been, I kind of just wanted to watch it yeah. all in one. So, because I've not fully, but I know for now, Dustin Johnson is absolutely smashing yeah. it. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, if I miss one, ma- uh, one match of Wimbledon or of um, the Masters, I end up just going, I'm not watching it. And I'll watch it all in a bulk. Can I? setting not setting if you know what i mean yeah but uh basically that shot if the people want to know what shot we're talking about was a hole in one do you know what hole it was <laughs> it was absolutely mental. it was um, it was i, I want to see it was that sounds four. about right um Basically, I'll double basically the um, from the tee, 
for people who don't understand what that means for uh, they don't follow golf, the T is basically where you start from. Um, yeah, so where you would what people would know is like yeah, you originally drive to start. So like to start. Um, he's hit this ball across the water. And it's like when you, what you do water. when you're kids with um, with stones. <laughs> and basically, because oh, of I can't, I can't because of the amount can't. of like curvature on the on the green and on the fairway, the spin on the, the ball bent back towards the hole and rolled backwards in like mental bend uh, honestly if you ever look it up yeah. because there's no way of describing it because it's that mental so it was John Ram yeah. and it's also his birthday was, so it, on was, his it, birthday. was it yesterday or was it today um, I don't know what I, know, I feel like it was mm, yesterday, but that? even though no, it was three days ago, days. well, three days ago. we early birthday present to himself, yeah, it's only it was mental. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just actually been released now. That Dustin oh, Dustin well, there's something that he can look back on in the future, like when he's talking to his kids or whatever. Well, it's not him. Oh, that was did it? The I was going to say someone else. But Dustin Dustin Johnson has just um, about twenty minutes ago has been declared the Masters twenty twenty. Oh well, basically champion. The guy who the so guy who amazing. basically put it in the hole can basically go here. Look, I might not have won, but look what I did. I'm going to see where he was in the leaderboard. So I know Dustin Johnson had. So for people to keep it simple, so oh, come on, computer. Um, I just want to see the leaderboard. Um, while this is loading, I do know the um Tiger Woods. It oh was his God! Worst ever scorecard. So on hole. So he had. It was in one hole. He just. He it just, was, a, was just a bad day. A hole in twenty. No, not 20. <sighs> a hole in 20 10. Exist. Mm-hmm. Which, if you don't understand, so, this eight. hole, which was hole number 13, is usually only a, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, a par f- 4 or a par 3, mm-hmm. which is a shot in 3 or 4 shots, depending on which one it is. So, he's put it in in 10 for someone who was known as one of the best ever golfers in history. Is that a fall from yeah. grace? Is that a realisation that... Well, if you, what if you see the highlights, two of the balls from this one um, hole oh. went in the water... Then I'm pretty sure at one point, um, it was oh, in the oh rough. yeah. So it went in the rough and then the sand. I know that. 
I think at one point it went from the sand into the water. Um, just basically, he had an absolute mare, and fair enough. Like in golf, you can have a really long yeah. career. Yeah, so it's uh, it's not one of the. So obviously, something's happened to Tiger Woods, and this the match, which obviously it's the Masters. Like this is the time to be, like doing your thing. But also, that's not been the case. So it's a shame to see. But, well. Yeah, over the old Winston Rose went out and absolutely smashed it. He was five points clear from the guy that was in second. Um, I, I would want to say it was quite close, but it was only quite close between, like, so Dustin Johnson won, the American. Then there's a South Korean guy. I don't want to pronounce his name wrongly because that would be really offensive. So the South Korean guy came second. Um as well as the, I think that's the Australian flag, uh, Cameron Smith. They both came joint second. Justin Justin Thomas came third. Uh, South African Dylan Fratelli came fourth. And Roy well, Macro came fifth. Although they came joint fourth because uh, they both got the same well, score. McElroy, uh didn't hear much about him on the tournament. <coughs> no, apparently he wasn't very... He was just kind of meh. He wasn't very entertaining to watch. He was just kind of... He kind of did his thing, but he didn't... Well, you can't expect that every time, especially as it is a very tactical game. If you mess up once, you're very much in a hole for the whole match. Like, there's not many... There's not many um, golfers that can pull back a horrible shot or a horrible um, play, if you know what I mean. So if you do bad on one hole, you can maybe pull it back. But if you do bad on three, that's you. It's a bit like when you're like 4-0 down in football. If you pull that back, then well done, but it's highly unlikely. Yeah. Well, it's good to see that um, Dustin Johnson won. Do you know how much he won? How much did he win? Yes, I'd love Would to, you know. Like to know. 11.5 that million all? dollars. That, oh, that's pocket change. That's just it. Yeah. Get you just, oh, just, the you know, just the usual. couple new clubs. Which you'll probably get free sponsored. <laughs> but um that's but yeah, so congrats to him on getting I don't know if it was his first time ever winning. I feel like I it might it have been because I'm not I can I'm probably gonna get slated, but I don't recognise the name. He's probably like the most one of the most famous right now, but I haven't been big on golf for a long time. Uh that's just the way I am because I just haven't felt like Golf's been that entertaining. Um, yeah. Well, well. Hopefully, it gets it will get. Yeah, it is. For you soon, it so is a great sport. Get more chat about it because golf is really good. It's a great sport to talk about. But to end it there, then. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. If you have any comments and stuff, please follow our social media. So, uh, Bag of Tricks Podcast is on Instagram and Facebook. Give us a like and follow and comment any questions that you have or stuff that you would like us to talk about. 
Um, it could be on anything with sport or it can be out with. Um, so don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating on our podcast as well. We would love to see how you guys are enjoying it and we 